dude, that looks amazing. Thank you. I put a lot of thought and time into creating it. Well, how are you going to use it in your business now? I have no idea. Welcome to today's process. Create, then place. Stand up, push forward. Let's light a lantern. How does the husband entrepreneur escape the understory while still having a marriage that not just survives, but thrives in an environment where modern business is under attack? The fog of the understory covers everything, and we are surrounded by monsters and bandits. My name is Wade Skalski, the understory lawyer, and we will face them together as we build the classic American business. Admission to the understory is free, but understanding always has a price. Let's light the lantern. What is up, husband entrepreneurs? Those of you who are in the understory against your will, and those of you who are in the understory on purpose, Wade Skalski here, the understory lawyer. So I am fired up to talk to you today. Sorry, I had a little belch there. I need a little, I need a little belch button, belch button surprise. So it sounds like one of the one of the dinners my mom used to make. Uh, my mom was not a culinary genius in any way, shape, or form, which is why it's okay that my wife. I gotta whisper this. It's okay that my wife does not know how to cook because I don't. I wasn't ingrained that uh, that your wife needs to cook because my mom did not know how to cook. So I didn't really think it was a big deal uh, that my wife didn't know how to do that. And she's super hot. So I was like, you'll, you'll forgive things. You'll, you'll forgive things when your wife's super hot. You're like, okay, we'll, we'll let this one go. <laughs> Wade, how dare you? Wade, how dare you would reinforce patriarchal, patriarchal 1950s views of marriage. I, I don't, I don't enforce them at all. I just let that go. It's just like, it's just a skill she doesn't have. I really don't care about it. So I'm actually, I'm actually destroying the patriarchy with my, uh, allowing my wife to be super hot and, uh, not really encouraging her to learn how to cook for the 13 years of our, of our marriage. I do the cooking, like mostly, mostly they come out at night, mostly, mostly. All right. So that one was an aside. I don't even know how I, I got to that. It has absolutely nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today. So I got a little surprise yesterday, and this is what happens when you have a good relationship with your vendors. My um, my T-shirts showed up. They just showed up. I haven't even paid for them yet. Um, they just they just decided just to, to print them and send them to me before I paid for them, which was nice. Uh, I uh, I have a I wouldn't say that I have a relationship with with the with the man, the owner the owner the owner's in a mastermind that I was in for a year and. He, uh, he, he, I did my first sheets, my, my sheets, my, like, I'm like the, my pillow guy making sheets and beds, just going from pillow to pillows to sheets and beds. Um, pretty soon he's just going to make out an entire bedroom. You just literally buy a bedroom that you just attach to your house. It's like, it's like on wheels and they just wheel it up and it's, it's got, it's got the perfect bed with the perfect sheets with the perfect pillow sheets and then, uh, and the perfect pillows of course. And then just it's filled with pillows. And then you can just fall down on it and and you just walk in the room and just fall down anywhere you want. And the room is just filled with pillows. It's that's, it's just relaxing. It's a relaxation room and they just wheel it up to your house. It's only $2.4 million. Um, so no, so my Ranger shirts showed up and it's, uh, it says the, it says it looks actually looks really cool. It says the understory, no snowflakes, only Rangers. And then it's got this, uh, piece of art that I had commissioned stuck on the front of it, which is a Ranger in the understory, uh, in an action, action shot, GI Joe action shot, except for instead of GI Joe, it's a Ranger. So anyways, and it's on these, these nice, these nice, dark green, nice, dark green shirts. So, all right, cool. So, uh, why am I telling you this story? Well, so they showed up and, um, I just really wanted to do a t-shirt and I, 
And here's the thing is I actually, I did, I had a couple different ways I wanted to do a t-shirt. I was like, well, I could sell them and just sell t-shirts or I do merch or I could put it in a dream 100 box, shock and awe box when I sent it to people along with my book and, and some other stuff, gratitude cards, um, these tanky, these, these tanky, I tanky, I cannot say the words. I cannot say the words tango Yankee. I, I can't say that. I don't know. I was never in the military. It, it, I believe the reason why it's T and Y is it's for thank you. These tango, these tango Yankee, tango Yankee chips, tokens, whatever you want to call them from the tanky. See, I can't say it. I get the tango Yankee project. Am I having a, a stroke? Here, let me take a sip of my coffee, my nootropic coffee. One sec. Let me, let me reset on the tango Yankee. All right. So, or I could put them in a shock and awe box or I could put them as part of an offer with my newsletter. And these are kind of the three things that were just jumping out of me this morning. But when I made the shirt, I just wanted to make a fucking shirt. Okay. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to create something and something tangible. And so I made these shirts and I'm looking at them right now and I'm excited about it. Now I think so a couple different things about the shirts. One is I, I, I like them. I like everything about them. They're awesome. They're amazing. Um, but already I'm like, maybe I need a little softer cotton. I don't know, whatever. So I'm thinking about like version 2.0 already and I haven't done anything with version one, but they're really cool. And have you ever made a t-shirt with a pizza art commissioned on it? I don't know. I don't know. So what am I going to, what's the, what's the whole point of this? The whole point of this is that like you try to come up with this master plan for your business, for the classic American business, right? And sometimes you have to solve a problem that your people don't even know that you have. When you woke up this morning, you did not know. You did not know that you had to have one of these shirts. You didn't know it. It's like, it's got this, it's got this, this Ranger that I piece of art that I commissioned. It's in an action pose. It's on a nice, nice darker green shirt, right? Not lime green, just a nice green shirt, like the forest. And then it just simply says on it, the understory. No snowflakes, only rangers. And it's got this badass ranger on it. And so, and this, and you'll never be able to find this badass ranger anywhere else because it's an original piece of art that I commissioned an artist in Greece to do that I found. So, and now you want one because you're like, that sounds really cool. I'm like, yes, it is really cool. But I had no master plan of like what I was going to use it for. I just wanted to make it. I got the idea and it would not leave me alone. And I was like, all right, I'm going to make this shirt. So now I have this box of shirts and I have no plan for them. I don't know how I'm going to use it. I don't know what I'm going to do. But sometimes in your business, you just have to create and then you have to place it later because you're, you you will have ideas that your people don't even know that they need. And this is this is the innovator. This is being an innovator versus being a refiner. Troy Broussard uh breaks it down that way. And it was like, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm an innovator. Now you need a little bit of both of being an innovator and a refiner. And I totally agree with his, I totally agree with how he breaks those down into two different, two different categories. Um, and it's, I've, it's on his, uh, he, he has a monthly newsletter that I subscribe to prescribe to subscribe to, which is memoirs of mastery. So I would, I would, I would recommend it highly if you resonate with Troy Broussard. So my, in my, so my two starters that I have, um, Ben Settle and Troy Broussard, they both send a monthly newsletter. Troy Broussard actually makes his into a book every month, which is, which is like, all right, slow down there, Troy. Just slow it down, buddy. Slow it down. But I, I do like, I do like it. And then, um, 
And then he makes his, he makes his, the first of the month, he, he pushes, he has an audio version of it too. So he has like, it's cool. Like he, Troy Brissard, if you want to consume it, I like to listen to it on my bike ride. So that's cool, which, but I don't really read the book as much when he does that. Anyways, the point I'm trying to make to you is that, um, I really like the concept of a monthly newsletter that you get in the mail. Okay. And be it if it's someone sends you a book every month that they've, that they've written or like a mini book or novella or like whatever. I just like that concept. And so, uh, that's what we're going to do. And so it would make sense that I would, I would pay two people that use that model so I can see how they do it. And then I can kind of figure it out, but I've already, I've already innovated off of that model. Right. So, so like the idea, like with the, with my monthly, um, the understory dispatch, right. Every month there's going to be a chapter of a story in there, like a fictional story about, about an understory ranger. And so you may be sitting there and be like, well, that's dumb. I don't really care about your fictional story. Great. I don't care then. And then go buy someone else's newsletter. Right. And the point that I'm trying to make to you is that if you're an innovator, which I, which I fall on that side more than the refiner, because refiners have really high conscientiousness, just so you know. But innovators are more kind of like just kind of wandering around being like, mm -hmm. not, not so much. You'll hear the term head in the clouds. And I, I, I think that that's like a pejorative, right? Like, oh, like, oh, that person has a head in the clouds. That person, um, that person is just like spacey, right? Well, no, they're just in a, they're, they're just in a different place than you. They have the ability to go into the understory and muck around in there and fight the bandits and the monsters. And you're unwilling to do that. That's why you mock them. Not you listening to this, but the proverbial you. I used to think that it was bad that I had, that I was an idea machine. I used to think that it was bad that I would just wander. My brain would just wander away. Right. But there is treasure to be found in the wandering away into the understory, especially when you start to do it on purpose. Because then when you can do something that no one else can do is that you can be like, oh, you need this problem solved? All right, very well. What is the problem? Okay, I'll be back. And then you go in, you create something, you innovate something to solve their problem. Now there's, there's skill and value in both things. I don't poo-poo refiners. I need refiners. Okay. True. I, I just, I need people who are highly conscientious, who, who can do processes, process I, hippotami, um, and can then put a system together that then I can like pay them to do that and be like, oh, thanks, fix this for me. Right. Because when you innovate, you create new problems that need to be fixed. And they're more of the, they're the more of the mundane systems problems that you need. So I have these shirts and I don't know how I'm going to use them. But I'm going to use them in some way really cool because they're really cool shirts. And the worst thing that happens is that I'll have a cool shirt to wear. Right? Like when you create something, the great thing about it is you get to use it. So why would you, why would, if you, if, if you have that as a, if you have that as a, as a fallback that you can use it, if not one person buys one of these shirts, I'll wear them because they're cool. Now my wife probably hates it. She's like, my these, this box came in and I made a mistake because I didn't. I was like, what is this? Because I hadn't paid for them yet. And I was like, I, I was like, I didn't order anything. And I forgot about the shirts. And so I was like, well, and then and then I started to open them. I'm like, oh, these are the shirts. And and then uh, Kristen, remember, she's a results person. But I I should only show her the shirts after something with money is attached to them. Otherwise, she's going to think that I wasted all this money in these shirts. <laughs> So, so there's not that many of them. There's only like, I don't know. It's like 30 of them, 40 of them. I just did a little trial run 
I didn't go crazy. I'm not saying, hey, create it and then just be like, let's run 5,000 of them. And then let's just like, because I, I, I created them, they're going to be amazing. Like, no, like the, you have to, you have to still use some real world market principles. Like, let's just do a little test run and see if we can make something work with them. And then if we can then make it profitable, we'll do a bigger run. Right. Then maybe we'll get a little more expensive material, whatever. And uh, the material is good, though. It's, no, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. It's a standard. It's a standard issue T-shirt material. So don't 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 worry about it. You're not going to get crap material if I send it to you. Um, and so, no, but like the thing is, is like it's like you don't have to know everything you're you're I. So I watch Steve Larson and a lot of consumed a lot of his stuff. And he's big into the ask campaign, right? He's big into let's ask the marketplace what it wants. And then and then let's just make it for them. OK. And. That's cool. I guess it's an approach that you can use, but I think that approach kind of sucks because then, then in some metaphysical way, you're just working for somebody else then, right? Like people will say, well, you're working for the marketplace. Like, no, you're not working for the marketplace. The marketplace works for you. They, do you think that Michelangelo or do you think that Leonardo da Vinci, or do you think um, that any of the great artists ever, consider themselves to work for anybody else. The whole point that you're an entrepreneur is that you don't have to work for anybody else and that you, you get, it's the, it's the most freedom that you can have in a capitalistic society. And, um, I would say, and some are like, well, what if you won the lottery? Like, no, winning the lottery is a trap. The whole, the whole thing in the Bible is true about that. You must work by the sweat of your brow is that that is a commandment that, that men is meant, that man is meant to work that there's dignity and choice in work, that there's honor in work, but, but that's not, but the main reason for work is what you learn and how you grow. The moment that you stop trying to create things, uh, and the moment that you stop trying to work, you're screwed. Just so you know, you, 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 it's, that's the day that you start the inevitable decline into some form of actual suicide or metaphysical suicide. So winning the lottery is not a good thing. Being a crypto millionaire is not a good thing. And, all these guys, they're gonna be like, "Oh, I'd love to have two million dollars." It's like, "Yeah, yeah, I, I get it." But out of a thousand people that, out of a thousand crypto millionaires, two of them are gonna make it, are gonna figure their way out of that understory, and the rest of them are gonna be exceedingly unhappy because there's not gonna be another crypto bubble that they can jump in on, and then they're not gonna know how to make money anymore. I've talked about this before. I don't want to beat a dead horse on it, but. It's, it's the same thing with universal basic income. It's the same thing with, with disability you didn't earn. It's the same, just, you know, you know, weaseling your way on there that, you know, it's not appropriate for you. It's like, it's, it's, you were meant to create, you were meant to take your attention and your dignity of choice and focus it on something and make something if you're an entrepreneur. And some of us are forced entrepreneurs or reluctant entrepreneurs, which is me, which is like, I just can't have people tell me what to do. And so it's, it's, uh, it's a struggle, right? But the, the, the best part of that part, the best it's, it's a, it's a struggle to deal with being an entrepreneur because the rest of the world is not the rest of the world likes being told what to do. How do I know that? Just take a look at what's going on right now. Everyone is just loving. There's a, there's millions of people right now that are just loving being told what to do. They're like, Oh, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to offload all of my fear to you. Thank you for allowing me to offload all of my responsibility to you. And thank you for allowing me to offload the responsibility for making decisions for my children to you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, then there's some of us 
who just aren't really into that. That we have the spirit of the classic American business. We have the spirit of, of when there was 90% of everyone had to work for themselves because the economy was not that complex. We were not that safe. We were not that rich. We were not that protected. And so we actually had to grow and figure things out. And we got the boons of doing that. The deep, gratifying, real benefits of work. Not the surface, base, transitory benefits of riches. There's no depth in that. There's no depth in universal basic income. There's just destruction. First of all, it's impossible, by the way. There's just no way you can fund it. It will, you may be able to do it for a while, but it'll collapse and then there will be no economy and then it will just be starting from scratch and whoever has the most guns and food will be the ones who figure out what we're going to do moving forward. That one's for free. Go buy guns and food. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That one's also for free. So, but I have these shirts back to these shirts and I don't know how I'm going to use them, but I'm staring right at them right now. And I created them. And they're going to be used. And at the very least, I'm going to wear them. And so you want to make sure that when you create something, one, don't worry about how you necessarily you're going to use it. And I have a general idea, but if you, if you just want to create something, just go create it. If you want to create something, just go create it. Eventually you'll create something that somebody wants. Now that's a very slow way to do it, but you know, if you're good, someone will want it. But, but stop with this idea that you have to plan everything out. Stop with this idea that you have to do surveys of, of your prospective clients and then give them what they want. Because then you're just, you're just, it's like prop, you're, it's like propaganda. You just, the people want propaganda, give them propaganda, right? And then you make money. It's like, no, don't do that. But wait, but wait, Steve Larson is rich. Okay, fine. Steve Larson is rich. That's great. If you want to. Go be rich and do it how he does it. Go do it how he does it. I just can't do that. It's just, to me, it just seems like another form of slavery, right? To me, not to him, because he's, he's more of a creator on the marketing side. Like to him, it, to him, it seems to me that he loves the, the seeing of the pattern and putting the patterns together and then creating the value and then making money. I'm not saying that there's anything necessarily wrong with that. I'm just saying that there's something wrong with that with me. And for those of you that are listening that are this, the type of entrepreneur that I am, right? The reluctant entrepreneur, the forced entrepreneur. The whole reason I'm an entrepreneur is because I can't have anyone else telling me what to do. So I have to figure out a way to be able to create things and to be able to bring offers to the marketplace to where I don't feel like I'm being told what to do, even by the market. And that's, that's, the, that's, that's the problem of the innovator, it's it, but it's also the great thing about it is, is that you get to do what you want. Now it's the most, it's the most risky thing to do on the, on the bell curve of risky in terms of being an entrepreneur. It is on the, all the way to the right. Most of you won't make it. I may not make it, but I can't, I don't know how to do anything else. It's just like in the, an officer and a gentleman, why don't you quit? I don't have anywhere else to go. Right. Like he's crying. He's like, 
I've hit the wall. You know, there's, there's, there's no other, there's no other place to go. I'm stuck here. I cannot, I cannot, once I, once I learned it about myself and once I just, just decided that I was going to make my own place. I was like, I'm making my own place. There's 7 billion people in the world. I just need a thousand of them. There have to be a thousand people out there that are like me in that way. And I'm not saying that Steve Larson and what he thinks is bad. I'm not even saying it doesn't work. Works great. He's got a lot of money, but it's a trap for me. And it may be a trap for you because at the end of that, I've talked to entrepreneurs who make a million dollars and who are like, I hate my business. And it's very, uh, it's very difficult to unwind, uh, to unwind, to escape from a million dollar business. Cause your wife is going to, you think your wife is looking at you mad now when you're like struggling to pay the bills or, or like it's, you're not doing exactly what you want. Just wait until you, 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 she's used to you having a million dollar business and you're like, um, honey, I, I really don't like what we're doing. And I'm thinking about doing a legal coffee cart. What, what do you think about that? Look at these t-shirts I made. <laughs> these t-shirts are our future. <laughs> Good luck with that. You're going to get murdered in your bed for the life insurance money. Just so you know. So better you figure that about, figure that out about yourself now and build the million dollar business the way that you want to. So that you don't feel like you're propagandizing yourself and that you're just making widgets for people and you don't really care about the widgets. So what I want you to do is take out your Ranger Field Journal. If you don't have a Ranger Field Journal, take out a regular journal. If you don't have a regular journal, go get one. You're going to need one from time to time. But for right now, what I want you to do is take out your Unicorn Trapper Keeper from the fifth grade and simply write down, can I create without a safety net? And just remember, there is no end if you stay in the path of understanding. All right, husband entrepreneurs, I know you want to escape the current understory that you're trapped in. I get it. I've been there. But in order to do that, you're going to need a creative clearing, a place to stand where you can make decisions in confidence and clarity. I'm not going to promise you some magical course or coach or codex but I cannot help you unless you raise your hand and say, I am over here. Subscribe to my email list at understory.news. Raise your hand and say, let's get out of here together. The podcast has the philosophy, but the daily emails have the insights. Raise your hand and say, I am over here. Let's light the lantern. Subscribe at understory.news. The path of understanding never ends, but that does not mean you cannot get to where you want to go. Subscribe to my email list at understory.news. Go light the lantern.